Okay. So, so we are recording now, and um, we, we have a lot of brands. I think we'll put this on the Get You Some Productions brand, um, or maybe we'll just put this directly on the handshake. I'm not really sure. So okay. I won't do a formal interview. Uh, I won't do a formal intro because uh, I'm not really sure what brand we're going to slap, slap this on. Okay. Um, but uh, just so you know, and just as I was explaining, this is kind of like a no holds barred, you know, completely candid. No, you know, we don't have any, you know, uh, we, we don't put any airs on here. We just talk about, we talk freely and whatever, everything goes. It's kind of like a peek behind the curtain. Okay. Um, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, an insane uh, art project, like a performance art project where we just put everything that we do out into the public. And hopefully one day we'll be really famous and, and super fans will get to look back at our awkward beginnings. So, and cool. And hopefully well, we'll make feel part of that chapter. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yeah. And, and I hope that, you know, people are inspired by, we hope that people are inspired by our ineptitude, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, we're here today with Mike and Cassie Peel from uh, Rarity Rock Radio. Now, first thing is, where in Arizona are you? Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, nice. Okay. So, and and that's where the radio station is. Um, is right yeah we're based here and it's an online radio station playing 24 7 and broadcasts across the u.s and beyond okay so what brought um us together today is that through uh i think reverb nation yes um, right yeah so you offered us oh actually and i should say we have a lot of different bands and brands and stuff so this is regarding the handshake correct that's correct. Yes. Okay. So the handshake, um, one of our bands, a rock and roll band, uh, was invited to by you all to participate in something called a what is it called? A um, multi genre residency, virtual, virtual residency, multi genre virtual residency. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. Um, and so we thought that if we hooked up with you guys, we could, because we're happy to do some. Um, some promotion on social media. And if we, if we um, coordinate it, uh, we'll have all the more reach and it hopefully help, it'll help us, we hope, and it'll we hope to help you as well. So um, Great. can you tell us about, I'm just curious, like just in general about, um, like I looked briefly at your website and I see that you have some, you know, social, uh, you have some social awareness and some like a mission behind it a little bit. And so I'm actually curious about the radio station and what inspires people to make a radio station in general. Thank you for that question. We're all about exposing our listeners to new music from under the radar artists and bands, and also from the past gems that may not have been heard. So it's really under the radar rock in a very broad definition of what rock can be and has been and really showing the past to the present to the future as connected. And a lot of the influences of the past really inform who we are playing today that are, that are really doing a lot of great music that is inspired by the past and pushing it into new boundaries and, and past boundaries. And the station was born uh, the concept of Rarity Rock Radio came five years ago 
when we were actually back east where we both have roots. We were on a trip to Asbury Park and uh, we went to the Stone Pony and saw Ian Hunter. And that's when it all really began. Uh, that was the birth of Verity Rock Radio. So five years ago is when it all really started. That's very cool. So you guys are from Jersey? Mike's parents are, and I'm, uh, I was raised in New York. So oh. yeah, we both have that, uh, that background. Okay. I'm from New York. Um, Dan's from Boston or a little outside of Boston. Uh, he lives in um, Virginia now. Uh, but Dan, you remember when we played at the bowling alley at Asbury Park? Oh, I remember that well. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun place. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. I love, um, I love that you guys are doing this. And I think like it's it's such a fascinating thing and it's such a great time um, to do something like this because with the technology we have now, it, there's an opportunity for folks like you to just, you know, help put put bands like ours. We, we, are, we are so far under the radar. I don't even know, like we might need, you might need some sort of like, you know, like underground, uh, like divining rod or like some kind of like thing to figure out where we are. That's how far under the radar we are. We're here, yeah. for, all We're here for all of it. And that's the fun part. Yeah, is, to excavate it yeah. really. Well, we like to think of it as a discovery process. For us, going to record stores is always the origins of Rarity Rock Radio. Hmm. Uh, before we knew we wanted to start Rarity Rock Radio at the Stone Pony, I think it was always in the back of our minds because we always would dig in at record stores and talk to the owners and the employees and they'd recommend this band and this band mm -hmm. and this artist. And, and sometimes it's just crate digging and finding for yourself. That's the most fun part is you find this gem of a song or record because you put the time into it. So that's mm -hmm. the philosophy behind the, the why we want to bring that discovery process to the station and make it fun. Cool. And almost the way it used to be, you know, uh, being a music yeah. band used to involve, it was very physical. And we lived in LA for 10 years before we came to Tucson. And, uh, you know, we had the chance to, we were very spoiled and going to so many shows. This is obviously, you know, pre COVID. Um, but having the chance to go to all kinds of shows and having limitless opportunities to go to different record stores, you know, scores of record stores in even a day is time. So mm just the inspiration of being a music fan, waiting in line for things, just anticipating an album coming out. Um, those are uh, kind of, we're, we're nostalgic about that stuff, I think too. And that's part of the, I think part of this, this station, maybe part of being an older millennial, I don't know. <laughs> some totally. old, <laughs> keeping some of the old school for the new yeah. time. Do you, are you guys musicians or just fans? fans we're not nice. yeah, yeah we're big fans, uh, I, fans. I worked at a, i worked at a radio station in california and then mike and i were at a radio worked at a radio station here in tucson so really just big fans cool my uncles have given me extensive amounts of records over the years too so we've got a, a big record collection i'd say we're mega fans over here nice so so um can you tell us about the residency um, and then I guess this is when we start to figure out how we can work together to, you know, I guess, raise awareness. 
but if you what's the what's the what's the resident residency um kind of like entail sure so it's kind of what you want to make of it at a minimum it's playing the song you really want to get out to listeners the most right now so we'll be playing that daily three times a day following our top 10 we have a top 10 favorite songs of the month that runs three times daily and we play that uh, as a really as a way to feature new music and new artists and it's been a really a big feature of our whole station to make it about discovering new music even though we have a lot of old music older music in the mix too it's really both on the station but we do really want to put more and more new music out there and it's our way of this this residency is our way of uh, challenging ourselves to do that on a more regular basis and so every week we're going to have a new artist profiled or band profiled and so you're up next and you're cool uh, really there to give some backstory and i think if you can give us any kind of backstory on the song and any way you want to do that it can be sending us information to share all over social media at a minimum you could record something that goes along with the song being featured in the top 10 mm-hmm. i'm sure there are other creative ideas as well so that's the the basic description of it mm. do i have to remember what song i sent um it's on my Dropbox. I think it was um, Rejuvenate. Yes. I think it was probably, I probably selected that because it's kind of like a, yeah. So it's kind of poppy, but it's more kind of indie a little bit, I guess. So, um, okay. And so how long is the residency? The residency will last from Monday, the 14th of February to yep. February 20th. Nice. Okay. That's my birthday, actually, the 14th. Oh, real? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll make sure to uh, note that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, do you want me to tell you something about the song now? Or Yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of questions for you regarding the music and okay. your submission. So, yeah, we can, we can dive right into all yeah, that. Yeah, let's start there, and then we'll get into our other questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, shoot. So tell us about the selected song, the featured song for the residency. Um, yeah, so the, it's called Rejuvenate. Um, it's um, a song about, you know, a period of time in my life when I was sort of feeling very, uh, where I didn't, I don't know if I could fall in love with anyone ever again, I guess. And it was sort of like, you know, asking that question out into the universe, I sort of. Um, there was actually a particular, it was about a particular person. It started as a, a being about a particular person, but a lot of my songs end up sort of getting a little, I don't know, you know, I kind of drag out the writing process a lot. So, um, so, so many, so one song will encompass, you know, a decade of experience. So they end up being sort of like a patchwork of things. So, so the, the first verse of the song um, actually has a lot to do with, you know, someone I knew, um, you know, many, many years ago, uh, but also kind of about my own experience with relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, the first, I have to remember the lyrics of the song now, 
um because i don't talk about these this much actually uh this song let me think about this oh yeah so the first line is i'm sure every love song that i write starts with i and you know people will be very probably you know i mean take heart in the fact that i'm struggling probably with the same issues <laughs> having started this song uh having started writing the song like maybe 20 years and finishing it maybe 10 years ago dan do you think like maybe 10 i think i finished it like right before we yeah right before we recorded it which was 2012 i guess I yeah know. you were writing and tweaking right up to the moment we recorded so so i think you know it's I, I brought a lot of the experience in so there's some lines in there that are about somebody i knew um probably in the early 2000s and then i actually there's some stuff in there that i sort of um i got married in 2008 uh and so i actually just like threw in some info about my wife because that's what i was feeling at the time that i needed another verse and it wasn't done um so uh but what i was about to say is that people should be I guess you should feel good about yourself in that the issues that I wrote about in that song that I thought I was, you know, being self-reflective at the time, uh, I'm still dealing with today. So I haven't really figured myself out at all <laughs> in some respects, which is kind of funny, but that's, I guess, what, what writing music is about. Um, so I don't know, is that, I don't know if that's good detail on the lyrical content, but that's, oh, yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah, it's kind of perfect. That's going to launch on Valentine's Day too. You know, I think this really is a good good timing in all in all senses. Yeah, I guess actually you're kind of right. Um, and then the recording the song was really fun. Um, yeah, what was that process like? Uh, well, it was kind of um, it was it was a little haphazard. Dan, you want to you want to dive in? You you want to talk about? I, I think I remember setting up in. Um his kitchen is that right yeah it was yeah. a home studio right? it was uh yeah. yeah so this is like a home studio demo um kind of recording um situation mm -hmm. this was not this was not rent a high-end studio for hundreds of dollars an hour um set up you know this was yeah. uh this was a yeah. shoestring budget uh demo yeah. Uh, um, and what we had going for us is Keith and I had been working at that point for, we've been playing together for how long? Since college. So 10 years at that point. Probably since 97, eight. 98. Yeah. So we knew, you know, we knew how to work together and had total faith and trust in each other. Um, uh, so. And we workshopped the song a lot before we, got into the studio yeah but it was very much a like an an epic one day recording session i think we got there in the morning and it was one of those situations where the yeah like you were in the kitchen me and joe were in the dining room i guess you would call it or the main room the living room of his apartment i mean you house. have to this is not a house okay this is a tiny brooklyn apartment <laughs> Okay, so just picture this is like, where were we in Bushwick or? Yeah, Bushwick. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we had, my amp was in the, 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 um, the, the, the isolation booth for my amplifier was the bathroom. 
which was not even even vaguely isolated because this is like a return of the century building and it's actually a very strange place there's a it's a there's an apartment building in bushwick and when you walk through the apartment building there's a center courtyard that was probably a center courtyard for the residents of the building they paved that over and built a house in it so the That's house right. is in the middle of the block and it's not accessible from the street except walking through an apartment building that's he right. still lives there, um, but that's where we recorded. Um, I, I will say one thing about the recording. After we did our initial takes of the, the basic tracks, which was um, bass, drums, and guitar, Justin and I, Justin Wirtz and I, um, spent a lot of time layering. Did a, we did a lot of layering. And to me, it really felt like there was like, um, after a while, it, we, we achieved some kind of like a wall of sound situation where... It reminded me at times, I mean, I don't know if this is actually true and maybe we'll get feedback from other people, but um, it reminded me of like, uh, like some of Springsteen's stuff where there's just a lot of like jangly guitars and stuff. It's just like very layered. Um, and that's the one, that's one of the things I like about that recording um, was all the extra stuff we threw on top of it mm -hmm. in, in later, in later, I guess, um, you know, I wouldn't call them recording sessions, but like, you know, we gussied it up a lot or something. I don't uh -huh. really know. Right. <laughs> but it was, but like Dan said, it was very, um, this was a very shoestring, you know, a lot, mm -hmm. not a lot of money was, was paid to right. the people who worked on it. And we have a lot of people to thank for, for all the hard work they did for no money, number one. Um, but, and it was done, um, you know, just by kind of like by the seat of our pants in a way, like we didn't really know we had been in the studio a bunch of times before, but I don't mm -hmm. know if we really planned um, this particular recording very heavily. Mm -hmm. so, well, anyway. that's, that's a, I, I appreciate that. You know, that anecdote's important to give you that context of that history of this, you know, musician collective and anything else you want to share about the handshake, where you're located and your history and evolution. Um, yeah, so the, there is actually one really important thing about our history is that Dan and I were in a band um, that was uh, actually sort of successful in our own way. And it broke up under, you know, probably typical circumstances that, um, that a lot of bands break up under. Uh, it's, um, it's something that I think bands Oh, many bands overlook because interpersonal relationships and business relationships are different from creative relationships. So that band um, broke up um, in an uncomfortable fashion. And that's actually why I called the band The Handshake uh, because it was supposed to be representative of the um, kind of like a like an honorable, you know, it, it was meant to harken back to that type of relationship where you, when you had a handshake between two people who understood what that contract meant, um, that, uh, that it would be honored and people would behave honorably. You know, all I could say is I hope I have been, and it's not like people in the handshake haven't been mad at me at time in, uh, the history of the band and the band broke up not because we um, not because we uh, uh, you know couldn't keep it together because personal reasons but we actually just dispersed 
So now it's more um, fluid. You know, I'm, I do a lot of solo stuff uh, nowadays. Dan and I are still best friends, um, but he lives uh, relatively far. So we don't get to see each other that often. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of an important thing about the band is that it was really mm -hmm. meant to be something that was, um, I guess it was the, the intention with the band was that, um, you know, everyone would be treated, you know, well and fairly. Uh, is that, is that good? <laughs> yeah, that gives us a lot of context and it gives us the background and then you tied it into, you know, the handshake, which I think is, you know, that's what we're talking about too. So yeah, that's great. So next, can you tell us about your musical influences and inspirations? Yes. Dan, you want to jump on this one a little bit? Okay. Dan has um, crazy ones. <laughs> no, not, not really. I mean, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> totally it's, kidding. it's, it's, uh, Keith and I are very, uh, have some overlap, but, um, Keith will tell you about his, his interests. Um, but I'm very much, I, I'd say like, a, a, a rock and roll, um, kind of guy. Like that's most of my influences. Um, when I was young, I was, uh, you know, all about like Jimi Hendrix, Led, Led Zeppelin. And then I was a metalhead for many, many years. Um, I even at one point dropped out of high school to be in a death metal band. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, we should get you, I, I have the demo for that is up on Spotify. So we can do like little, you know, tangents there for you. It's, it's not um, bad, actually. It's quite good. It, it's, it, it's pretty cool, um, Boston death metal. But then I, I went back to school. I went back to college. It's all good. But um, so metal, big time. And then after my metalhead years, um, I got into jam bands and stuff, Almond Brothers and Fish and all that. And then in college, um, right around the time I met Keith, 100% uh, like Frank Zappa, and classic jazz like Miles Davis, uh, Wayne Shorter, um, just like 60s, 70s jazz stuff. Cause that's, um, that's what I was studying music theory in school um, through and performance through the lens of jazz performance. Um, so that pretty much sums up, you know, my, my deep musical roots there. Yeah, and Dan and I went to college together uh, we went to Bard, Bard College. College and we studied music at school. So we played in a jazz band in the late 90s and early 2000s. And then we played in um, a pirate puppet rock opera band called Jolly Ship the Whizbang for between five and 10 years. I'll split the difference and say seven years. Uh, and then when that band broke up, we we started this band. My influences are similar to Dan's. I think um, what I like to tell people is, I think I listened to the Beatles at a, such a young age that that all the sensibilities of the Beatles sort of got like hammered into my brain and became like almost a, like an integral part of me. So like all of my melodic sensibility and a lot of band stuff um, has a lot to do with the Beatles just because I listened to them when I was in a formative years. But, but back then I was also listening to Bon Jovi, who by the way, I still think is like two of their albums are, as far as I'm concerned, two albums are masterpieces um, and all that other hair metal stuff. Um, but I've gone through like a million phases also. Like I, you know, I think I love hip hop. 
I love, I love some metal. I really like, I'm kind of like a, it's like, for me, it's Pantera is number one. And, and like the other thing is like the, just the one album, um, Rust in Peace is amazing, but then I don't really like a lot of other Megadeth. Um, I also love jazz. I'm like a jazz freak. I actually think jazz is probably one of the greatest things, greatest human inventions, period. Um, and it's probably, I don't think we can overstate how much you love jazz. I I think it's, yeah. I'll make sure we note that. (laughs) It's probably, it's probably the highest art form there is as far as I'm concerned. Um, but then I love Stevie Wonder. So our music doesn't sound like that at all. Um, it's probably most, uh, influenced by like just nineties rock, you know, cause that's when we were in high school, I was listening to a lot of, you know, the usual 90s stuff like Pearl Jam. Um, and then I went through a huge fish phase, which, you know, for better, or for worse, what I did, <laughs> you know, I was like really into fish for a while. Um, what I'm hearing is such a range, you know, in your influences and your favorite artists and musicians, and you really cross and span most genres. Yeah, I don't think our music crosses the genres and, and we have different projects for each kind of each genre uh-huh. but I think the handshake was really meant to be like it was sort of like the 90s rock sort of uh-huh I, we that was like I, I guess I feel most at home playing that music because that's what I played you know that's what I played when I was really learning to play I was really into um it was in the 90s so the, all that music was sort of just around. And I th- really think it was right. a great, it was a great time for music as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it really was. Um, and of course I was into like the, at the same time I was into the 60s stuff. So I, I had a, I, I was, I, I think Zeppelin is probably in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I think when I, and, and, but when I think like if, if I had to say, you know, the, the bands that inspired me to actually play music, um like also Weezer you know I think mm-hmm. Weezer I think that Blue album is really great and then the one after it Pinkerton oh yeah that's a Rarity yeah. Rock favorite <laughs> yeah so I, I that's also like that was you know when you're a kid and you're going through all that kid stuff that you know never kind of leaves you that's what you know and, and when you're in bands so really all I ever wanted to play was like Weezer tunes so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that's a really good segue to you know your music um tell us about your latest work You've met, you talked a little bit about the featured song and tell us about other things that you're working on. Oh, <laughs> well, Dan and I have this podcast. Um, it's called Get You Some Productions and it's a, it's a production company. Um, but, but our mission is to, um, it, our mission is to just, you know, have a project together <laughs> and, and just create constantly. Um, and so, you know, we're doing that but it's really just sort of like the top of the funnel and all of our ideas go into it and whatever comes out the bottom is, you know, is gravy. Um, but, uh, I have a bunch of things that I'm sort of, I guess, I guess, you know, it's very amorphous, but I would say that there's a bunch of projects that I'm spearheading. So I have a jam rock band that I'm kind of, um, rekindling called Oliver's musical genius. And Dan and I and another friend of ours, we're working on kind of a narrative to it um, that's going to be kind of like um, 
like fish's game henge or something like that. Like maybe it'll be a cartoon or something. So that's uh -huh. in the works. Um, but Oliver's Musical Genius has a has a um, has a uh, YouTube channel where I put almost all my practicing in my on that channel. Okay. <laughs> and I and I it's it's supposed to I my my goal is to get to ten thousand hours of public practicing. Oh wow! So every minute of practicing, I wouldn't say every single minute, but nearly every minute of practicing I do in my life goes on that channel. Um, uh, and, and so, like I said, Dan, <laughs> <laughs> and Dan and I are writing the story for it. So we're trying to come up with some really weird, uh, like narrative tale of the yeah. members of this band. Um, so that's one project. Um, it's a challenge. A I mean, you know, Keith and I live far apart, you know, yeah. Um, so we can't get together and play um, too often. So we're part of our process now is we're trying to find a way to collaborate even over the distance. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're not, um, what can I say? We're not like super, I mean, we're computer literate to a point where we can go on a Zoom call. You know what I mean? But some people have that thing where they can send tracks to each other and record albums remotely. You know, um, we're not, I don't know. That's just not something we've, we've uh, been successful at. Um, so we're, we're trying to find new ways. Mm -hmm. um, and that segues well into the question about what's obviously been a difficult and unusual few years, more than that now for yeah. artists and musicians and everybody. Can you tell us about your particular experience in collaborating and getting past the barriers and what that's looking like for you for the future as well? Well, you know, I, I, um, I, I will say for my, for my own, my, my own individual answer, I think maybe, and Dan will have be bared witness to this is that I just kind of went off the deep end in a, in a way and just launched myself into um, like a, this YouTube project where I just record everything. Um, so instead of collaborating with other humans, I've just decided, okay, I'm stuck indoors. I'm, my, my contact with other people is limited. What can I do to just put myself out there as much as possible? And that's, the, that's how this project, uh, came about. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, it's sort of like, um, a trickle down thing where, you know, if I do, I think I'm up to like four or 500 videos that I've basically made over the, over the course of the pandemic. Um, but it, I ha we have launched this project, Dan and I, uh, which, and we're up to um, 50 episodes of the podcast or, or 50 wow. or 60. Wow. So this was like, you know, the coping mechanism. Dan's actually had much more success in interacting with other human beings than I have. <laughs> he has a, he actually an actual band where he sees actually yeah. other, other human beings. <laughs> um, so I moved down to Richmond from uh, Brooklyn to get married and start a family. And uh, I, uh, you know, I went on Craigslist. I did the cover band thing. And uh, that was, that was entertaining for a minute, but I stopped. But right now I've got a, a bunch of guys, two other guys I play with, and we're sort of doing a improvisationally electronic sounding music. 
you know, but with live instruments, it's live tronica, I guess you'd call it. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to send you a link to our, uh, to our webpage. We got some stuff up on SoundCloud. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, right please. now it is, yeah, it is all just, um, it's called, our band's called Element 115. Mm -hmm. um, we're evolving a mythology having to do with aliens and, and whatnot. Um, and uh, it's pretty weird, but you know, um, it, one of my favorite things has always been to just go into a jam space with our instruments and just start making music and um, really free form. I mean, have a sort of general idea of what genre we're trying to emulate, but just improvise everything. Do that for hours, for better or worse. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'm happy to send you a link, yeah. The band sounds good. And Dan and I have had a lot of fun just talking about the, the, how to, how to interact with other musicians and how to improvise in an electronic music sense. It's more than just, I don't know. It's just like a different technique. And it's, it's been very interesting to hear about the process. I think they sound great. Well, please send us that link uh, to element one. Is it 115? Element 115. I mean, the, the website is element115.band. Dot band. I'm sorry, guys. We have, we, yeah. have two, we have two dogs. And it's got a very... <laughs> your dogs are like eating your microphones or something. Pretty much. They just, they just got out. They got loose. I'm sorry. Oh, they, no, but they, I, I think they heard about Element 115 and they really want... <laughs> Woo! Them over. Yeah, it's great. The website has got a very like early 90s, like GeoCities, like like we're like very, very retro looking website intentionally. Cool. And uh, yeah, um, I got to hand it to our keyboard player. He's sort of like a sort of a savant with that kind of stuff. He just throws it together and he's the that's guy awesome. that's getting it all up there. So I can't I thank him enough. His name is Jeremy Wyland. Um, so yeah. Great. Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to jump in real quick because maybe I just had a really quick because I know you're trying to come up with like this like um you know mythology around the band but maybe only dogs can smell element 115. Yeah maybe that's true. Right and that's like the, you know the, the aliens left it here and people are growing like different like appendages randomly but no one knows why but the dogs know why. The dogs do yeah they can yeah they can uh, sense earthquakes and uh, my band. <laughs> I like that. Uh, well, you know, everyone thinks their dogs are super special, but ours really are. We'll send you a photo. <laughs> Please, um, I love. Yeah, I love dogs. Yeah, um, they've been on like Rarity Rock Instagram uh, from time to time. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I wanted to ask a question about kind of related to you know being in COVID, but now with summer coming and potentially with some positive news on the horizon, are there any future plans for touring, doing gigs, you know, that are full, um, you know, any thoughts on that? Any plans for that? My, I, I have, but prior to COVID, I was playing a lot of just solo shows uh, locally. Um, I have a dream of getting another band together to do, start doing some actual, like bar shows, loud shows, because I haven't played loud and I feel like I haven't played loud in forever. I think the last time I played loud was 
I can't remember. Probably with probably when we went to one of those jam sessions. I was probably with you, Dan. It probably was. I like so, to play really loud. Oh, I love being loud. I love making yeah, a lot of. Oh man, I just haven't played loud in forever. So I think that's going to be my first goal. I, I see invita- actually it's reverb nation is amazing. Cause I get invitations to play all these, like um, I turned them all down because I haven't played a live show in forever um, with a band and I'd have to, you know, get a band together and actually start practicing again. Um, solo shows is fine. Cause you can just show up with your acoustic guitar and do it. Um, but so short answer is no, actually, the, sh- the short answer is, first of all, yes, because COVID is very stifling and a very annoying. And, and it, if I, I want to do it more than ever now. Yeah, I can uh, see it being stifling. I yeah. can. Oh, it's painful. Um, so, but, but no plans, uh, no concrete plans. Well, and it's hard to make plans too, is what I've heard from a lot of musicians that we interview here. They're like, we're, we're waiting to see, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, here's something that people don't consider. If you're in a band, you're a headliner, that's great. But if you're in a, any sort of supporting act, or if you're familiar with like the, the, um, the like meat market, um, like bar scene in mm-hmm. New York, you have to sing on the same microphone as someone else, <laughs> you know, unless you bring your own microphone, which I guess, I mean, I probably should do, but I skeeve that out. That like that skeeves me out under normal circumstances. During COVID, I mean, it's like it's a little too close for comfort, you know, because it's just like next up, get on the mic, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not. I don't know. You're singing. You're taking in a lot of air. You're putting out a lot of air. Oh yeah, it's lots of aerosols. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a weird, <laughs> just kind of a weird situation overall. But you yeah. Know, we can't stay hidden forever, you know. We have to right. get back. We have to get back out there. Right, of course. Um, so. Dan, what about any plans for touring in Virginia? Absolutely, we are. Um, you know, classic thing. We don't have a manager. We don't have anything like that. We're just just doing this. Um, the guys that I play with in, in the band um, in One Fifteen, they are like sort of entrenched in the Richmond scene. Um, so we are, um, we're just, we're just hoping to find gigs. There's a, like, um, there are a lot of venues here, but there's also a lot of competition. Um, a lot of people have been sitting around planning and plotting and practicing and everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Right. So, um, um, I can say this, no, there's nothing already booked. There's no shows. I wish I could say we have this date, come check us out. Um, but, um, it's, there's two sides to the coin though. Like it has created an atmosphere where, um, so many projects have fallen apart and there's so many free floating elements due to the, due to COVID. Right. That like, there's a lot of artistic, um, energy that's bottled up. There's a lot of, uh, uh, people ready and wanting to play with nowhere to go a lot of energy right um so we're trying to make the most of that by trying to develop something really unique no one in in richmond's kind of playing the kind of music we're doing um but that cuts both ways it's hard it can be hard to uh you know 
if you're playing musicians music or something that is not you know easy you know uh i don't know is is uh new or unique you know there's it can be hard to find venues uh-huh. to do so uh, that's our challenge but um you know we're, we're trying to make the most of it on that note dream bands to tour with Wow, that's a great question. Do you do you have an answer? I do. I do not have an answer I, ready for that. That's a really great question because, uh, yeah. I, I have an answer. Actually, my dream band, and they don't they don't tour with anyone. But and this is actually probably I'm revealing my insecurities. In my mind, I think a fish audience would be the most accepting audience. So I've decided in my mind that the best band to tour with, because you're likely to get the best response in theory, is that you tour with a band like that because they're open to some pretty like out there stuff. You know, they've proven that. So they'd probably be, on average, you'd be, you'd get, you'd get more hits, you know, with an audience like that. Because yeah. more, they'd be Can more I open. travel through time? Can, can this be like yeah. a time traveler thing? Yes. That's oh, what really? Mary Rock's all about with our <laughs> station. So yes. Okay. Wait, you've got to be careful when you give him license to travel through time. Yeah, because I might mess up the whole timeline. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was great responsibility, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I would be a three like I would tour with Herbie Hancock um and like the headhunters. Oh wow. And and uh and yes. Hmm. Right, right now, yeah. Those would be some fun shows. Yeah, and really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, like, what about old school Genesis when Peter Gabriel used to dress up all weird? He bugs me out. I mean, I like him, but I don't know. He does bug I well. think I would like to be in the audience. I think I would be there. <laughs> oh, that's another good question. Where would you want to be in an audience, right? <laughs> what old show would you want to have gone to? Um, but yeah, this is this has been awesome. Uh, one one final question that we want to make sure um, where our listeners can find you online. So if you can state your website for listeners to make sure that they reach you, and the best way to support you, what would be most helpful? I think well f- for the handshake we have the handshake.band. so it's the handshake.band. Um, and you can. There's a, there's a kind of a cool um, uh, gallery there to sort of peruse. Plus um, you, there's links to all the streaming there uh, and such. Mm-hmm. I would say in terms of supporting us, we don't really sell anything, which is something we need to work on, Dan. We need to get a merch store up. Maybe we'll, that'll be our 2022 project because we do have this sick image our, band, our album cover was designed by Thomas Warming, a friend who's also a really awesome artist. And so we got so lucky that he was willing to make our album cover that um, the fact that we don't put it out there enough is a shame. So we probably should have a merch store at this, pro- at this point. But, but I would also say go to getchusomeproductions.com, which is our production company. And there'll be links to all of our other projects there as well. Um, and our, our, uh, our um, podcast where people can stay 
uh, updated. Um, that's that's for that's for mine and Dan's projects. Um, but for Dan, what's element one fifteen? Yeah, element fifteen dot b a n d. Um, we we haven't started monetizing our 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 um you know our art yet. Um, but that doesn't matter. Just go check it out. Come, you know, um, yeah. what would be what would mean so much to us is, and money is great, but to know that we're we're being heard, you know, shoot us an email. Uh, just say something, you know, post something, share it, let us know. And uh, it mean it would mean the world to us. We're artists, you know. It it, it just means a lot. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was wonderful to connect with you both today Thank and you. learn a lot about your your artistry and your work. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Same. Same here. Yeah, thank thanks you. for thanks for um, thanks for featuring us and thanks for taking the time to do this with us and thanks for uh, um, doing what you do and just getting uh, getting under the radar music out there it's really nice and important we have a lot of fun with it so thanks for appreciating it yeah. and please send anything our way to get as much out there next week as we can so like that image you just mentioned did you send that to us already was that sent along? Uh, you know i don't think so i think i just sent you some stuff from some shots from our from one of our shows so um, yeah let's get them that cover art let's get them oh, that yeah, cover art yeah, any like anything like that, promotional images, anything that you'd like us to post to promote uh, next week, you know, send it our way. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And let us know. I I would say just so you know, I think I'll try to dream something up over the weekend so that I can post it on all of our um, our social media platforms about your station. Um, and so I'll try to think of some stuff over the weekend. But if you have anything that you want me to do or us just let let me know oh sure well i'm thinking oh yeah yeah we'll definitely blast it out yeah getting the podcast to us if you can by next week it'd be great to cross promote both yeah the Super. And the podcast yeah. that's great so awesome to meet you virtually yes and keep us updated too we're uh really serious about staying in collaboration with the artists that we play on the station so yeah keep us updated on keep next new music steps. coming our way yeah great thank you for that that's awesome yeah you've got a place on rarity rock radio yeah, yeah. thank you that's great thank you guys take care yeah. and have a great night yeah all right you too. Be safe. take hey, care bye. take care bye. thanks bye guys bye, bye.